Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 125 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Isaiah chapter 14 today and our focus is on the ultimate good fate of Israel and the terrifying fate and fall of Satan. Well, thanks for joining us and I do want to welcome new listeners in Northern Savonia, Finland, the Philippines, Maharashtra, India, parts unknown Turkey, Norfolk, Virginia, Wichita, Kansas, and Youngstown, Ohio. Our goal is to encourage you in reading and following the Word of God. And if I could invite you to check out our website, Bible2021.com, you can send us a question there and check out show notes and a transcript. Bit of a strange topic, but kind of an important chapter in Isaiah to cover. As you know, we read five New Testament chapters a week and two Old Testament chapters, so that means we will skip around quite a bit in the Old Testament. Today, in our reading, we will see God's ultimate plan for Israel. Now, as we're reading Isaiah 14, at this time in Israel's history, the nation has been split into two basic pieces. Basically, there's 12 tribes that make up the nation of Israel prior to Solomon. And at this point, Judah and Benjamin is split from the other 10 tribes. The capital of Judah and Benjamin is Jerusalem, and the capital of the other 10 tribes, the northern kingdom of Israel, is Samaria. As you might recall, the kingdom was split right after the reign of Solomon. He turned to kind of a syncretistic kind of idolatry in his later years, mixing the following of God with the following of other gods. So the full kingdom of Israel was torn out of the hands of Solomon's son, Rehoboam, and ten tribes went with a guy named Jeroboam who was the first king of the ten tribes of Israel. Now, Jeroboam appeared to be an able administrator in many ways, but he was an idolater to his core, and he led Israel down a terrible path spiritual leadership-wise. Before Israel was taken into captivity, shortly after the time of Isaiah, they had 19 kings from Jeroboam to the last king. Every single one of them was reckoned as evil by the Bible, with maybe Jehu being the closest to being a good king of the northern kingdoms. That's 19 kings in a row, all bad, and that led to significant punishment from God in captivity. But Isaiah 14, which was written before that punishment came, before the Assyrian conquest, promises that God will restore his people. We see it in verse 1 of our passage today, which says, The Lord will have compassion on Jacob. Once again, he will choose Israel and will settle them in their own land. Now, that kind of prophetic thread runs all throughout the Old and New Testament. We see it in Jeremiah 3, verse 7. At that time, they will call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and all nations will gather in Jerusalem to honor the name of the Lord. No longer will they follow the stubbornness of their evil hearts, In those days, the people of Judah will join the people of Israel, and together they will come from a northern land to the land I gave your ancestors as an inheritance. This is Jeremiah 3, 17 and 18. Micah 4 similarly says, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and peoples will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples. 
and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war any more. So, a peaceful time is coming when basically the center of the world, says God, is going to be Israel. And it happens that that prophecy and many others like it are spread all throughout the Bible. Though God has temporarily disciplined Israel in places, the clear teaching of God's word is that he will restore her fully, even bring her to a better place than she used to be. So, let's read our passage in total and find out more. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 1 The Lord will have compassion on Jacob. Once again, he will choose Israel and will settle them in their own land. Foreigners will join them and unite them with the descendants of Jacob. Nations will take them and bring them to their own place, and Israel will take possession of the nations and make them male and female servants in the Lord's land. They will make captives of their captors and rule over their oppressors. On the day the Lord gives you relief from your suffering and turmoil and from the harsh labor forced on you, you will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. How the oppressor has come to an end, how his fury has ended. The Lord has broken the rod of the wicked, the scepter of the rulers, which in anger struck down peoples with unceasing blows and in fury subdued nations with relentless aggression. All the lands are at rest and at peace. They break into singing. Even the junipers and the cedars of Lebanon gloat over you and say, Now that you have been laid low, no one comes to cut us down. The realm of the dead below is all astir to meet you at your coming. It rouses the spirits of the departed to greet you. All those who are leaders in the world, it makes them rise from their thrones. All those who are kings over the nations, they will all respond. They will say to you, You also have become weak as we are. You have become like us. All your pomp has been brought down to the grave along with the noise of your harps. Maggots are spread out beneath you and worms cover you. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. But you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. Those who see you stare at you, they ponder your fate. Is this the man who shook the earth and made kingdoms tremble? The man who made the world a wilderness, who overthrew its cities and would not let his captives go home? All the kings of the nations lie in state, each in his own tomb, but you are cast out of your tomb like a rejected branch. You are covered with the slain, with those pierced by the sword, those who descend the stones of the pit like a corpse trampled underfoot. You will not join them in burial, for you have destroyed your land and killed your people. Let the offspring of the wicked never be mentioned again. Prepare a place to slaughter his children for the sins of their ancestors. They are not to rise to inherit the land and cover the earth with their cities. I will rise up against them, declares the Lord Almighty. I will wipe out Babylon's name and survivors, her offspring and descendants, declares the Lord. I will turn her into a place for owls and into swampland. I will sweep her with the broom of destruction, declares the Lord Almighty. The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will be, and as I have purposed, so it will happen. I will crush the Assyrian in my land. On my mountains, I will trample him down. His yoke will be taken from my people and his burden removed from their shoulders. This is the plan determined for the whole world. This is the hand stretched out over all nations. For the Lord Almighty has purposed 
and who can thwart him? His hand is stretched out, and who can turn it back? This prophecy came in the year King Ahaz died. Do not rejoice, all you Philistines, that the rod that struck you was broken. From the root of that snake will spring up a viper. Its fruit will be a darting, venomous serpent. The poorest of the poor will find pasture, and the needy will lie down in safety. But your root I will destroy by famine. It will slay your survivors. Wail, you great howl, you city. Melt away, all you Philistines. A cloud of smoke comes from the north, and there is not a straggler in its ranks. What answer shall be given to the envoys of that nation? The Lord has established Zion, and in her his afflicted people will find refuge. So God is going to bring peace and refuge to the nation and people of Israel once more, and that appears to be something that is going to happen in the future. One other note to cover here. Some see verses 12 through 14 there as speaking to the origin of Satan. It says, how you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You've been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will make myself like the most high. Now, the passage is certainly speaking at least partially of the king of Babylon, but it seems to go well beyond that. And like Ezekiel 28, which seems to be talking about the king of Tyre and about Satan, this seems to be indicating the origin and ultimate fate of Satan. This passage is one of the places where we get the name Lucifer from, which means light bearer or morning star, interestingly. In this coming downfall of the once mighty, God shows us a law of the kingdom of God. All of the high and lofty ones will be brought low. Spurgeon, on this topic, says, How are you fallen from heaven, Lucifer, son of the morning? Thus God breaks in pieces with his right hand everything arrogant and supercilious that dares to assert greatness apart from his endowment or to presume on authority other than he delegates. Spurgeon says, I might prolong this refrain. I might tell you of Rome and all the boastings of that imperial mistress, point to her faded charms and tell of her decay and decadence. I might lead you back to Sennacherib and his hosts being overthrown, or tell you the story of Nebuchadnezzar driven out from the homes of men and feeding like an animal. I might show you other lesser kings, kings of Israel that were high and lofty but brought exceedingly low until they who had sat on the throne as princes pined in the dungeon among slaves. To multiply instances of this dynamic would be only to confirm the general current of history and illustrate the fact that the Lord, the Lord of hosts, always cuts down the high tree, humiliates the creature that exalts itself, and suffers no flesh to glory in his presence. That is the law of his government, says Spurgeon, and absolutely right. God will exalt the lowly and bring down the exalted. God who values humility way above pride. Well, let's close with our Bible memory verse for the month of May. May Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20, the Great Commission says, Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. Well, friends, may the Lord bless you and be with you. Good day to you and Godspeed.